Justin, I'm recovering from being quite ill. I know last week I was recovering from being pierced. Uh, those still hurt, by the way, uh, but less now. Um, you, you have your headphones kind of on correctly. Uh, I do not. This is fully on the side of my head. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. This is fully. Yeah. It kind of looks like it. It kind of looks like it's on correct, but no, this is fully not. All um, right. And then, and then this week I was I was quite sick, and and I've been sick a few times this year, which is uh, concerning for me as someone who never got sick before. You know, um, Elena was speculating. She was like, you know, you had COVID, you know, two years ago or three years ago, back like. I had, I think, the second variant, which was, like, put me on my ass for, like, nine days, you know? Um, no, it was it was just seven. Just, it was, if you remember, <laughs> if you remember, I was getting progressively sicker as the podcast was going on, yeah. and then yeah, the next the day I woke it. up and I was dying, yeah. and then the, when we podcasted next was, like, the first, like, I was, like, the first time I was back on my feet, you know? Um, but Elena was like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you have some sort of, like, Maybe you, your immune system took a hit. And I was like, I, you know, that's probably fair. Luckily, I work from home. It's not such a big deal for me. Um, but I, I found that medicine works. <laughs> Is that what? I know. Weird. Um, so, like, I just as a kid didn't really take a lot of medicine because, like, I didn't get sick very often, you know. Um, and, and when I do get sick, it's usually not so bad. But this year I've been sick and it's been pretty bad every time. Um, I discovered NyQuil. Are you familiar with NyQuil? Oh, I've NyQuilled. I've NyQuilled. That shit puts me to sleep for eight hours, and then I wake up as if I have slept for four years. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it works, man. I like. I know, like, hey, big brain Spitek over here finding out NyQuil is a is a drug that does its job. But whoever made that was not kidding around. So I, uh, I when I get sick, I normally take these like pills. They're like DayQuil. NyQuil pills that you take. Okay. You have to take like two uh, DayQuil, like, wait, you need two DayQuils at a time, so four throughout yep. the day, and then you take two NyQuil pills at night. Um, and that kind of works, I think. Part of it might just be my brain thinking it works. Like, I don't actually like actively feel it. Yeah. Um, but, but your boy over here, this is, I, I've always had an aversion to medicine and doctors and things mm -hmm. like that. And I think I can trace it back to um, having like li liquid medicine when i was a kid oh when it's like bubblegum flavored and it's just like bubblegum my ass grass ass flavor not grass uh grape what? ass flavor oh, I grape, yes. I mean, <laughs> grass might be good no like great gross grape yeah, 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 yeah. and then there's like the dimetap and like the del do you remember delsum let's talk about fucking flavors delsum. that shouldn't be medicine it's like an orange flavored cough medicine and i swear to god there was like pulp or something ass gross in there <laughs> I do it's disgusting this, yeah. and like I would like scream bloody murder when it would be time to take this stuff. I would not want to take it. I would like like punch, kick, and scream anything in my way when my parents brought it in. Like I would rather be sick than take this stuff. Like full stop. I hate drinking medicine. Yeah, no, and then I think that's fair. Like for me, like I, I tend to. One of the reasons I tend to avoid medicine is like I just don't like side effects. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, you know, this could help one symptom, but at what cost? So like I don't really yeah. take Dayquil. I took a lot of Dayquil earlier this year when I had a different illness. Um, because I was pretty fucking sick, you know, uh, and like, but the problem was like, you know, I felt like I was looking at my, like looking through my eyes from like 10 feet away. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah. I, it didn't like, I didn't like how that made me feel. Um, so, so I try and like strong arm a lot of stuff, but, um, Hey, if you're, if you like me just didn't take medicine for a long time, um, 
give it a shot because it'll hit you like a fucking train and it'll work <laughs> if you are not if you are not super accustomed to it. Um, so I used to have a lot of stomach problems and like doctors were like baffled oh, by I know it. This. Yeah. And they'd be like, log your food. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd read it. And I was like, there's no way I can go to the doctor and show them this list. They'll be like, that's your thing. Anyway, so I started eating better. Um, well, not anymore. But I used to be eating better. And then uh, my stomach problems kind of went away. But in order to combat them in the short term, I would do a cocktail of like different like anti-gas stomach Eesh. things. So I would take um, a couple of um, like uh, like Rolaid things. I'd take those. I'd swallow some gas X. I'd eat some like Pepto-Bismol pills that you would just do. And then acid reducers. I'd also like do that. So every time my stomach would be bad, I'd just like take a, like a handful of these drugs and do them. Um, and like I'm not condoning that at all. But I will say if you eat very poorly and your stomach hurts because of that, um, that There's cocktail will help. There is something to that, though, right? Of like, you know, you know, I've we all have seasons in our lives when we eat worse and better and whatever. Um, but like, I'm like, I'm not sleeping. Like, my skin's real bad. Like, I feel kind of like groggy all the time. And it's like, oh, my diet has been solely like burritos. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I've been having burritos from the place on the corner every single every single meal. I think that's affecting me somehow. Uh, um, I've been I've been having a real bad diet problem because. Um, I have to, I teach at two buildings this year Oh um, yeah, and I've gotten in this like weird conditioning habit that I have to eat when I'm driving from one school to the oh, next. That's rough. So I need to go to Taco Bell. Like I just need to go. Um, and I have to go to one that's kind of far away. Cause I don't like to go to the one by our, by our old high school. Cause it's gross, low star rating. And I had issues with it. So yeah. I kind of drive out of my way to go there. And then I discovered Taco Bell. Yeah. They start serving breakfast at like whenever they serve it. But this one, they serve fucking tacos all day long. So yeah, I'm pulling do. up at 9 a.m. I'm getting like my crunch wraps. I'm getting my Doritos Locos tacos. Yeah, I am yeah. having a good one. And guess what? In my backpack, I carry Pepto Bismol, gas X, acid reducers, and ten box. everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 164 justin i meant to mention this a few a few weeks ago but like hey we passed 150 and we passed hell 100 yeah. and, what like 56 which means we have been doing this for more than three years hell um, yeah happy birthday hitbox uh oh man do you remember that who is it is it um is it usher where it's like happy birthday xbox you know what i'm talking about <laughs> no <laughs> um happy birthday xbox uh, it is Usher. <laughs> it's is just, it Usher? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's from 2011. Happy Easter, Xbox. Uh, he just goes, happy birthday, Xbox. I don't know what it's <laughs> for, but it's funny. Uh, so happy birthday, Xbox. Uh, my name is Peter Hunspitek, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. How are you, Justin? Pretty good. We're getting in, we're getting deep into the Halloween season right now. We are. We are. Um, uh, we bought tickets for a haunted house that we're going to go to on Friday. Very fun. Your annual our uh, annual outings because yeah. outings, uh, for for th- those of you who might have been new listeners, my wife and uh, I on our first date ever was at a haunted house. 
Um, so uh, this year we're going to one called the Old Joliet Prison, um, which mm. I hope it's pretty good. But let me tell you, there are more bad haunted houses than good haunted houses that I've been to. Um, and just a quick quick review. If you live in the Chicagoland area, first of all, welcome. Um, my favorite haunted house that I've been to is called Hell's Gate Prison. Highly recommend that one. Not a sponsor, but they could be if you want to be a sponsor, Hell's Gate Prison. And the reason why I love it is because you first you go to like a parking lot and you get on a school bus. Oh yeah, and you then, tell me about this. And they drive you in the middle of like the dark area and they dump you off in like the woods and then you go through a haunted house. And let me tell you, it takes you to a place. <laughs> takes you to a place and, and it's like legitimately like a, a long like experience because most haunted houses the ones that are bad i think part of the reason that they're bad is there's just not a lot of haunted house like you can get through mm. it in like 20 minutes and when you spend like you know tickets are like 40 dollars for a lot of these places on average so if you're done there in 20 minutes like that's not a fulfilling spooky time um so uh highly recommend hell's gate uh, hopefully the uh old Juliet prison will be good i'll let you know next week on our show Fun fact, the movie The Blues Brothers opens with the titular Blues Brothers being released from Joliet Prison. Oh, Joliet also reminds me of where we got married. So it'll be right oh. down the street from, <laughs> from the, our, our marriage place. So, hey, we can uh, if we would have only on our first date gone to the old Joliet Prison haunted house, we could have just went right down the street, got hitched at the courthouse, yeah. gone to the. I should have, when I was at your wedding, I should have been just like turned into Elena and been like, this is just like the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Here's a preview of the news that's coming up. Uh, the Activision Blizzard deal has finally gone through. Big studio execs are retiring left and right. And Spider-Man 2 seems to be a pretty big deal. You heard about this game, Justin? Spider-Man? You know him? Mm, Web no. Slinger, is, it the, is that the one that's like, like uh, dresses up like, like the thing he fears the most? Um... Like, I bet Spider-Man is afraid of spiders. He's he's human. He's like all of us, right? That's true. That's true. What's the last spider you killed? Um, a few days ago, there was one in my office. Smashed yeah, well, him right up. One Normally, I let him live. Yeah, but. one was like falling down in my classroom. Like, I can't let you live. This is no. you're gone. You're gone. Then that's the thing. For the most part, like if if you're not bothering me, spider, I'm not going to touch you. Just you just got to like you got to understand that you do not pay to live here, and I do. Were you looking for a spider when you said that? Uh, I was because yeah. I also right now there's nothing on my walls right now like all my all my artwork as you can see is like ready to be hung yeah you know yeah. Um, so it is very easy to spot on these white walls when there's yeah, a spider yeah. um, but we're gonna talk about all of those news headlines and more before we get there I want to give our listeners a quick uh, reminder to join us on pa- uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod you can become a one dollar podcast producer or a three dollar deluxe podcast producer like our beautiful deluxe podcast producers jay noel and dave parker every single week um those deluxe podcast producers get an additional 30 minute bonus episode today we're talking about um activision blizzard um the ip that they own and and what xbox might be doing with all that and and all that sort of stuff it's gonna be interesting if you're interested in that three dollars a month patreon.com slash hitbox pod if not all good Join us on Discord. The link to that is in the description of this episode. And um, if, you, if you're not interested in that, you can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Um, and, and give us a rating on your podcast player of choice. Justin, I'm done talking about housekeeping. Let's go to the Metacritic Roundup. What do you think? Let's go! Metacritic Roundup. 
All right, we got four games in the Metacritic Roundup this week. It's kind of a kind of a busy time for video games, believe it or not. Um, what? This whole I year know. has been barren, so at least we're getting up on these releases now. Weird, it's about right? time. About time. Uh, first thing here, we got Sonic Superstars. This is um, kind of a, it's a 2D platformer uh, uh, Sonic game. Uh, it's got like all the characters look kind of like claymation-esque. Like, it's not like pixel art or anything like that, but it wasn't... For, Help me, help me remember this. Was this done by some Sonic Mania people, or was this was that something else? Um, I thought some Sonic Mania people were working on this. Um, I'll, I'll check while you're going through the scores. Got it. Well, either way, um, currently it only has a score on a PS5, where it scored a 75, although it is also available on Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS4, PC, and Switch. Um, it seems like this is a, a fairly solid... Um, Sonic 2D Sonic game um but that it doesn't really add much uh that that it might not like innovate too much on on the those older games you know um and that it's just maybe not as um it's just not new you know what I mean we've been been playing 2D Sonic games forever um and Sega has sort of rehashed a lot of like ideas with recent 2D Sonic games um I like the trailer it just says Sonic is back and it's like I saw this motherfucker like six months ago in Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, what do you think? You gonna um, try this? So just a quick update. They were initially going to do a collaboration um, with the people uh, who did Sonic Mania, but that fell through. Um, so Sonic Team's head kind of paired with the co-founder of Sonic, uh, co-creator uh, Naito Oshima. Um, and then they were the ones who um, kind of put this together. And uh, Oshima was the uh, uh, one of the creatives behind Sonic Adventure in 1998. So this was oh, his gotcha. first kind of like bring back to it. So not quite Sonic Mania. And I think the reviews kind of show me that it's not the same kind of like level of Sonic Mania. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily have the, uh, if you can pull up the scores for Sonic Mania, I don't think there's anything bad with this. I just think when Sonic Mania came out back in 2017, it was like a return to form for Sonic in a way that people really jazzed and excited about this one. This one, I feel like if you're a big Sonic fan, I think that's good, but I don't think this is going to like revolutionize what Sonic is. However, I flippin' love this art style. I think it looks if really you good, are, yeah. If you're looking for a cool way to do these kind of like, you know, like uh, sprite-like characters, not sprite-like characters, these like 3D-looking characters, it's just a really cool, unique, and innovative art style for it. So um, I would say that would be the highlight of the game. Um, And if you like Sonic, it's an okay Sonic game. So there's no reason not to get more Sonic like this. Yeah, Sonic Mania, by the way, uh, low end scored 83, high end scored 86. So like... that's like a good, fantastic. Good yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically I, I agree for Sonic. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. I agree with you though, that like, I think that the art style on this like is really, it looks really good. It looks like a really good imagining of the, like the classic Sonic design. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, this is the sort of thing that I kind of wish they did with Mario. Um, where like, I don't love the art style of a lot of like the new super Mario games. Um, just because it, it, looks like the designs from 2008 still, you know what I mean? Um, and just hasn't like evolved or doesn't have much, much style to it or a personality to it. But, um, this definitely does, but I will not be picking this up. I do not have much, uh, reverence for Sonic 2d games. Uh, and if it's not getting the praise that mania is getting, then I, um, then no thanks. Yeah. Did you play Sonic mania? Uh, I played a handful of levels from it, uh, with friends, but like, I've never like owned it. Yeah, I would say, like, if I were to pick up a Sonic game, it would probably be Sonic Mania. Yeah. 
No, a thousand percent. Up next here in the Metacritic Roundup is Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, colon, turbocharged. Um, this is the sequel to Hot Wheels Unleashed, that which was a game that was like pretty well received, if I'm remembering correctly, a few years ago. It was kind of like a surprise hit racing game. Um, this scored a 79 on Xbox Series X, a 74 on PC, and a 78 on PS5. Unscored on the Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, although it is coming to all of those platforms. Um, this seems to be a pretty worthy follow-up to that game. Um, I'm not I'm not going to pick this up, but if I were to pick up like a racing game right now that isn't like a Mario Kart, like this seems like fun. You know what I mean? It, it seems like this is everything that like I would want a game about toys to be like the levels are like you're racing through a backyard and like a dining room, you know, or like an arcade and stuff. And it really plays with like being a small toy. You know what I mean? And, and the models of the cars look just great, but, uh, but like, they're not even like models. Like they look like models of the toys, you know? Yeah. And, and I remember like on the first one, like part of the thing is like, you could see like a fingerprint on the bottom of one yeah, because it was yeah. like that detailed and stuff like that. And again, I huge fan of Hot Wheels. Like when I was a kid, I had like uh, plastic bins filled with them. Um, I had these ones that had little rat noses. I called them my rat pack and they'd be like the ones that were antagonizing other people the whole time. And they were like a group that kind of rode together and I would collect all the ones that look like little rats and stuff. Um, and like a lot of these, like you're looking at these cars, if you're a fan of Hot Wheels, you'll probably see a lot of your favorite Hot Wheels cars. And there are some of the yeah. classic ones, some of the newer ones, whatever like that. Um, my nephews uh, are in love with the Hot Wheels Mario Karts. I don't know if you've seen those. Oh, I have. Um, they're they're like little, yeah, they look like little like uh, like Mario Kart carts. Um, I don't know if that would have it in this game, but boy, would it be cool. And I think these worlds look cool and stuff like that. I just have to remind myself that I'm not a huge like race fan like yeah there are very I pick, few if, of these if a like friend had this and was like hey you want to play i would play it but like i'm not gonna buy this you know yeah and i'm not gonna like dive deep into it to like like this would not the game i'm gonna dive deep into if i'm gonna like go back to a game and really like perfect it i still think mario kart 8 is the one that i'd want to like really like perfect and like yeah. go back to because that's just such a big universal game and i think that has more universal appeal than even uh hot wheels like this um, but this is a good sequel. It's, uh, it's an improvement from, um, the previous, uh, one, um, on average, uh, it's a couple points higher, um, in terms of what the Metacritic score is the 79, 74, 78 for this one. Um, the original one, a few was reviewed on a few more things, but generally around the 75 and below, um, for it. So, um, if you were a fan of that first one, here's more of this one with probably new and different cars. So, um, it looks cool and fun. So yeah, play it if you want. I won't cause I have too many things. And, that, and that's uh, it. Baldur's, like, no thanks. What's it? Bald, Baldur's Gate or Hot Wheels Unleashed 2. <laughs> um, you know what? Like I think going back and forth on it, probably, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Huh? Okay. I mean, if you, I mean, if that's the choice you're going to make, we're not going to judge you for it, but I mean, it's your, your call. How about this? You play Hot Wheels, I'll play Baldur's Gate, and we can talk about it. Full coverage on the show. Okay, no, I think that's a, that's a great idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. I'm free. I'll do it. Up next, we got Lords of the Fallen. This is not, to be confused, Lords of the Fallen from 2014. This is the 2023 reboot uh, remake. Unclear. Uh, on the PlayStation 5, it scored a 72. On the PC, it scored a 76. And on Xbox Series X, it is unscored. Um although it is coming to that system. Uh, this is a Souls-like, like we said, this is sort of like a reboot of the Lords of the Fallen from 2014, um, which was like the first big budget AAA sort of like Souls-like 
uh, in that I mean, like, at that point, no one had really made a game sort of directly inspired by Dark Souls, uh, the Dark Souls series, right? And so this, I think, was like the first one um, like that. And this this has not been super well received. Um, from my understanding, uh, just in general, there are a lot of like major performance issues. It hardly runs on Xbox, which I think is why they didn't give codes out. Um, I was supposed to get an Xbox code for this, and I just haven't gotten it because I just don't think that they are like super confident in giving it to people. Um, there's some some pretty gnarly videos on Twitter um, showing exactly what that that is but um from what it seems like this is a solid enough souls like but not one that really stands out especially not against something like lies of p which had just come out you know what i mean and is on game pass um which i know we're gonna hear about uh, lies of p from you in a little bit uh there's just not a whole lot to make this stand out among the pack uh it seems like the combat is okay there's this idea of like um the umbral world do you know about this yeah yeah you can explain like i think you, it's super interesting it's like when you die um you don't like lose everything, but you get sent to like the umbral world, which is like the world. It's like the medium where you're kind of like switching between the two worlds, weirdly enough. Um, but like, you also like have to check it, uh, to, to look for like hidden paths and like ways to open doors and stuff like that. Uh, but it seems like that mechanic is a little, like wears a little thin and, and because you have to be like slowing down to use like a lamp to see into the umbral world. Um, and it just doesn't work particularly well, uh, from, from what it sounds like. It seems like the, the enemy encounters are not incredible. The level design is, is a little lacking. All things that, like, you know, aren't necessarily, don't make this into, like, a terrible game, um, but just not something that really stands out in this year. And especially, like I said, with, uh, in the wake of what I would say is probably the best Souls-like I've ever played that has not been made by From Software, you know, um, with Lies of P. So, um, there you go, Lords of the Fallen. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think one of the things about it, the um, environments themselves look kind of like breathtaking and really good uh, rigs and stuff like that. I think yeah. that looks 5, good. By the way, yeah. Uh, oh, that, I mean that makes sense. I think that like it clearly shows. The thing that yeah. I think is lacking about this game, if you watch like straight up gameplay, a lot of it, it a lot of the animations just don't look so cartoony compared mm-hmm. to like the world that you're around. So it just kind of feels like you have these like uh, figures that are very like out of place in the environments that are set up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is an improvement. On, speaking of improvement, um, it's better than Lords of the Fallen. Uh, Lords of the Fallen, um, the original one that came out in 2014, um, its uh, scores were 68 on PS4, 71 on Xbox One, 73 on PC, and I laughed because it scored a 56 on iOS. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> um but I mean, this one is, is definitely scoring higher and stuff like that. And you do see that like close, even with all the performance issues that came out, the user score and the Metacritic score are pretty similar. Yeah. And the Metacritic score itself is based on a lot of like critical reviews. It's not like it's a like, few people who reviewed it. So to me, this, this speaks that it is a solid game, but in a year of great to excellent games and specifically an excellent game in the series, I don't know if just a solid game is enough for me to play it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I mean, it, it, to me, like games that like get seventies, like I, I would try, but I wouldn't want to spend money on, you know what I mean? Like this, I would, I would play this for an evening on game pass or something like that. And then just never touch it again, you know? Um, but, yeah. th- but I think, you know, that obviously is, is sort of the territory of like the low seventies of like, yeah, I'd, I'd play it, but you know, probably would not love this, but, um, so there you go. Lords of the Fallen. I think this was in development for like six years or something like that. It was announced a long time, long time ago. Like, um, and when, do you, like when do you think in that process they were like, do you think if we may name it the same thing, that'll help the product? 
Um, I remember when they announced that they had a title and it was like, here's the logo reveal of Lords of the Fallen 2. And it was just the first game, but it had a two at the end. And I was like, guys, is this what you've been working on? <laughs> like, it's been hard. We, we could not been able to <laughs> lock down this title. Been, you know, Seraph, Sans Seraph, we, who knows? <laughs> um, the final game in the Metacritic roundup is Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Only on the PlayStation 5, it scored a 91, uh, which is pretty significant. The first game, I think, had, a, like, what, an 86 or something like that? 87 mm-hmm. on um, on PS4. And so this uh, seems to be an improvement on the uh, the first game as well as on the uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, from what it seems like in, in pretty much every way, a lot of people talked a lot, a lot about how um, they've remixed the traversal, that the Peter Parker story is great, that the Miles Morales story is great. Um I am I'm just really excited to play this. You know, I, I knew that it was going to score pretty well and I knew that I would like this and, and be kind of excited for it. But um, I don't know. This has been a game that that I haven't really done a lot of thinking about just because it's been such a known quantity of like, I know that I'll like this Spider-Man game. But now that it's here, like, I think I'm ready for it. What do you what do you think? How does this treat you? So I think when it came to the first Spider-Man, I love that game. Um, even Miles Morales, I kind of clumped them together just in how my thoughts yeah, are. Um, the thing I, the gameplay itself, the fighting, the combat, eh, whatever, I don't care. Nope. Like no, that was, it's it fine. was just, it was fine. It wasn't bad. It was just, I've seen it before. It was fine. Um, the swinging, fantastic. And the story I thought was a fantastic story. And I was really excited and engaged in that story. Um, so for this one, it's one of those situations where I need to play this immediately so I don't get spoiled on stuff um, yeah. because I've already been, I don't want to, I guess it's, it's technically a spoiler, um, but I was like, like randomly like scrolling through uh, Twitter and I saw a sequence from the very first sequence of the game that had just like a reveal that would have been cooler just to see in the game rather than actually like. Are you talking mm-hmm. about someone being thrown? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool as hell. I mean, like it's, it's one of those things that like, like, yes, that moment, if I experienced it without seeing that would have been uh, pretty fucking sweet. But uh, even even out of context, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so like as a as a quick thing, um, they the thing that they showed off with this with this spoiler that we both are talking about was how fucking cool the loading times of this game are. Yes. Like amazingly awesome. Um, but you oh, know you're what? Talking about the, are you talking about the fast travel? Or are you talking about the th- being thrown? Do you know what I'm talking about? But the 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 throne video, they're basically you're thrown across the map and it loads in real time as you do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So they were showing that loading mechanic, but you know how you show that loading mechanic better the by fast the fast travel, travel which <laughs> yeah. doesn't spoil a fucking thing. And then you get to see how cool that is because literally it's the promise of next gen. You go into the map click on something and you're immediately taken there and you see the character swinging in in real time not a loading screen not anything you are it's right like there. one second yeah and it also what was cool so is that cool. you fast travel anywhere it's not to like a, a like you yeah. know it's not to some like point of interest or something like that it's just like literally i want to travel to this street and it's just like whoop yeah and even it's on a flex even on Spider-Man 2018, they had a very, like you were in that subway and that was a kind of funny, like you're sitting there on the subway, like texting. And like, once it was on the PS five, the loading screen was like two seconds. It was still yeah. there, but it was like so quick. Um, but like this one literally, literally promises on the technology and the game looks pretty as hell too. I think Insomniac has probably been the master of the PlayStation five hardware. You know what I mean? Just in terms of like the things that it has done with, with that, um, obviously miles Morales was pretty impressive just 
I think like as a visual showcase stuff with like the ray tracing things that they were able to accomplish. Um, but I would say that like Ratchet and Clank, I mean, obviously like the loading stuff in that game was just fantastic. And, and this seems to be a, a pretty big step up with that as well. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty stoked for this. <laughs> I won't lie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to download it. I, b- I believe I was reading like Insomniac was talking about how they recommend to download the day one patch as soon as you can. Um, I don't know how big that is, but if you're one of those people who is planning to stay home on Thursday night or Friday to play it on Thursday, make sure you download your patch, um, get it pre-downloaded, which I think I might do um, once we get off of this to at least start downloading everything because I yeah. am going to play this right away all weekend next week. I'm not going to work all next week. I'm just I'm quitting. This is it. You're like uh, uh, Harry Osborn in Spider-Man 2, the movie, where he's like, I have nothing left except <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> um, damn, damn, this looks good. And, and like I was, I remember like even seeing the trailers for this um, at whatever state of plays and, and, and whatever. Like it's always looked good. But for whatever reason, I think now that it's actually here, I'm 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 ready. I'm ready to be whisked away, uh, and, swung away even. And on top of that, like as, as you know, much as Spider-Man 2018 ended with the stereotypical fight with the boss we all saw coming, there were so many like little remix parts of that game that I truly appreciated. And I think whenever you get a superhero property that we all know about and you get a remix, one of the reasons why I loved Into the Spider-Verse so much, um, that was such a unique take on the Spider-Man, in the, that case, Miles Morales story, um, that I thought like no matter what you knew about the character or the characters in it, they took such a cool take on it. And I think that series is so interesting because of that. The property we know, changing things up. Um, if I'm correct, there they did change things up, right? There wasn't just like an Into the Spider-Verse comic that they wrote off of, right? Correct. So, I mean, they, they yeah. went off of like the original Miles Morales story, I yeah. think. Um, but even in the original one, how they mixed that stuff up. And yeah, this they is told, a story they, about... They, I think they did a better job uh, in the movie than, than the original comics were. Yeah. Um, but even for like a story of Venom, we've seen a ton of Venom origin stories. I always thought Venom was a really cool character. I'm interested to see how they take their storytelling approach, their unique insomniac telling of the Spider-Man story with Venom. And even if like certain parts of it turn out how we expect, I'm sure that won't be the case with everything. And I'm sure it'll be nice and interesting and there'll be a lot of cool surprises. So I just don't think I've been excited about playing a story in a game uh, for quite some time. And I think this one is going to really like scratch the itches that I like as a gamer. Yeah. Uh, greed. Uh, Justin, before we get to the news, I finished Assassin's Creed Mirage and I platinumed it. In 24 hours. Um, And. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. I don't. (sighs) That is a frustrating game. I think we talked a little bit about this last week, so I won't necessarily just I don't want to like rag on the same stuff. But like, I think that game had so much potential in terms of like, oh, you know, we're going back to like the roots of like more stealth focused gameplay and stuff like that. And I think that that is a cool idea. Um, but because I, I think I wasn't able to articulate this super well last week because it's, it was based on DLC and it's just using exactly the same stuff from Assassin's Creed Valhalla in terms of mechanics and, and whatnot, like it just doesn't feel very good. and doesn't feel like the actual stuff that you do and the way that you interact with the world was made with stealth in mind because it wasn't because it was made to be a fucking Viking who pillages monasteries, not someone who's like trying to sneak around a prison, you know? Um, but they still make you sneak around a prison like six times. Um, <laughs> and and it, it's just not it's not what I wanted it to be. Uh, I thought the story was pretty bad. Um, I, I even 
there is a big reveal, let's say, at the end of the story that um, changes maybe perspective on certain other things, uh, which is a fun twist, but it is extraordinarily silly. Um, and I knew about it because I had to look up the ending for work. I had to do just like a ending explained sort. Of, I, I had to basically watch an ending explained sort of video just so I knew what happened in that so I could make something for work. Um, and so I, I found out about like what the ending is. And so the whole time I sort of like played the game with that knowledge in mind. And like every single time something about that thing sort of came up, I sort of giggled to myself like this is very silly foreshadowing for <laughs> what all this is. Um, I won't reveal what um, it is now, but yeah. Do you think the game would have been better if you didn't know that? Um, no, because I think a, a, a bad ending or like a bad twist or whatever, what have you. Um, I mean, it would be stupid regardless. Do you know what I mean? Like, like when I found <laughs> like, like it, it, there being that ending, I would have either found out at the end and been like, Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> Or I would have played the whole game being like, well, this is dumb, you know? So like, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so I, seeing, I, go on. I was going to say, I, I noticed you tweeted a specific image from, uh, or a video from Assassin's Creed Mirage on your, uh, X account. Um, can you explain it for me? Yeah, there's just a door that you can just walk through <laughs> a door that's supposed walk to be through locked. It. You can just lock th- walk through it. Um, you oh, wait, up, it, like it was a, you had to unlock it at some point, but like you just could go through it. Um, no. So basically there was, there was a whole area back there. Um, it was in like the bazaar or something like that. You end up going there in the main story anyway. Uh, when you meet the, there's a lady who like collects like fine oddities. She's one of the people you have to assassinate. Um, and you end up going back there. That's where her stuff is. Um, but you're not supposed, I don't think you're supposed to be able to get in there before, um, before you get to that part of the main story, but I wanted to get in there because there was a, there's a loot chest. So you can basically upgrade your, your gear or whatever by, by finding these loot chests or gear chests, what they're called. Um, and I looked up a guide on how to get in there and it basically said like, you'll get in there in the main story eventually, or, um, you can actually unbar this door by throwing a knife through a hole in this window. Um, which seems like it's, I don't think like there are times when you are, when it's clear you're supposed to throw something through a window to open a door. This was not one of those things. I think it was just one of those, like this is kind of a broken, <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I wanted the loot. So I went in there and grabbed it. Uh, and then I was just exploring around in there and I found out that the door, one of the doors that was, um, like keeping the area closed off. I never tried to walk through it, but I accidentally walked through it when I was running, like trying to leave. And I was like, this door's just fake. Like it's just, it's not here. Um, which like, Hey, like what? Like that's not like a huge deal. Like whatever you got to do to keep the illusion of your game alive. You know what I mean? Like I only found it cause I think I broke the sequence a little bit, but, um, it is one of those things where it's like that door just isn't there. How many of those are there? Yeah, <laughs> you know, now now you're sitting there checking, pushing through every door and, and everywhere yeah. just to do it. Um, there's another video I have to ask you about it. This is kind of unrelated, but you retweeted something about a couple in Colorado sharing footage they captured on a train of what they believe to be Bigfoot. Um, oh yeah. What, what, what was going on there? Like, is there, is, is this really Bigfoot? Um, so this has been defunct at this point. Um, that, that is not Bigfoot, actually. Uh, that is apparently you can go on a Bigfoot tour of in Colorado and the owner of the Bigfoot tour. Uh, you get on a bus similar to the bus you described to get to the uh, the haunted house. Um, but uh, the owner or like one of the employees goes out dressed in a Bigfoot costume. Um, and so that is what that footage is. 
Um, <laughs> does that answer your question? Does it help clarify uh, and clear things up for you? Yeah, it does. It does. I do. Uh, I do have to say. Oh, and you know what? They actually do say that this is part of quite a popular Bigfoot themed expedition trailer. They actually have yeah. that debunked on the end there. So um, I was, I was, I was hoping it was true. Um, I really wanted to know it was true, um, but unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> I've talked but. about my. Um, fascinations with with cryptozoological animals oh right? yeah okay yeah yeah you have you um, have i figured i figured like i told you about the kentucky goblins we talked the, about that. the kentucky goblins yeah i still haven't found them but that means they're probably somewhere where i can't see them did we talk about that on an on our button mashing one-on-one crossover episode all right we might have we might have <laughs> Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I fucking love Bigfoot, man. <laughs> I love the man. I love the guy. He's a big old, big old gorilla, man. Um, I'll find him one day. But yeah, so Santa's Cream Mirage, uh, no Bigfoot in there, by the way. I, I checked. Um, <laughs> is, it's okay. Uh, it, it's like, it's, I think the worst part about it is that it sort of shines a light on what it could have been. And I think that that's what is most like disappointing about it, you know? Um, there's a scene at the very end, by the way, you have a boss fight with, um, with, with like the final boss essentially. And, uh, they, they attack you every time you get close to them. And it's like not super clear what you're supposed to do. And then a like big text just shows up on screen and it's like, throw a knife at their weak spot. And I was like, what is their weak spot? <laughs> like, it's just a regular person just standing there. And then like, I tried to throw a knife and then they, they deflected it. And I was like, well, that didn't work at all. And it was like, throw a knife at their arm, their weak spot. And I was like, how was <laughs> I to, like, first of all, how was I to know this? Second of all, why is their arm their weak spot? Like, there's just no indication of that. And then in the final cutscene, you do one of like the, you know, like how, you know how in Assassin's Creed it's like badass when they like jump in the air and they like pull the blade out and they're like way up high and it gets that noise like shing, it gets this like slow motion. You get like the whole vignette of them up in the air. And then main character, uh, Bossum, lands on the bad guy, stabs them in the chest, pulls the hidden blade out. And so you think like, well, you fucking just killed them. That's your job. You're an assassin. That's you've been doing that sort of all all game. And then he goes, do you yield? And I was like, my man, Bossom, you have fucking fully stabbed this person in the chest. And then they say He's yes, gone. and they and like then they, they keep talking and stuff. And it's like you like you have a you have a hole in your in your heart. You've died anyway. I'm, I know that I'm like out here like complaining about dumb little things, but like overall, I just it was okay. I got the platinum because it's just like a laundry list of things to check off. You know, um, it was fun to do while I listened to, to podcasts and whatnot. Um, but I finished that a little early for Spider-Man. Um, so I've, I, I dipped into Cocoon. I played about three hours of it. It's pretty good, man. Um, I, I like it quite a bit. The, it's a puzzler puzzle game by the uh, the Limbo Inside people. Um, and it's it's very good. Um, explain to me about like the moment to moment gameplay. So it is a puzzler, but like what are you actually doing throughout it in terms of puzzling? So it's really simple. Basically, there there's only one button. So it's like interact and um you run around and basically you are jumping through there's like these orbs you ever see horton here's a who are you familiar with the tale horton here's a who yeah yeah, yeah i've heard of it now there's like a whole like a whole city or like whole like world on a speck on a on a little plant you know on a flower it's basically that concept where like you can you you carry around these orbs and then you find these areas where you can put the orbs down and then like teleport into the orbs 
and each of the orbs does something different. Like when you hold one of the orbs, you can like travel across bridges that you can't normally see. Or if you hold another orb, you can like swim up through like these like light, like elevators that you can't normally get through. Um, so you have to solve puzzles with the orbs. And sometimes that involves putting an orb inside one of the orbs and then carrying that the, the, the second orb across through a way like, like through an obstacle that you couldn't bring two orbs through putting that down, going inside the orb, pulling the second orb out, jumping back out of the first orb. And then it's like a lot of orb inside of orb gameplay going on. Does that make sense? <laughs> Sounds gross when you say it that way, but I guess the game, you are a bug that's slowly getting bigger. Um, it reminds me of Scorn but, a little bit with the HR Geiger stuff. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's, not, no. it's not that gross, um, but it is a little like, ugh. Starts with you being like birthed. Diff- yeah. Is the puzzling like difficult? Um, there have been some like yeah, it, it is a challenging game, but it's it's like not been anything that I've like been stumped on. Um, but I would say that that like the puzzles are good; they're well designed puzzles. Okay. Um, there, there's not much to say about it yet. Like I said, I haven't played a ton of it, but um, enough to know that I, I'm probably gonna try and finish it. I've heard it's like eight hours. Um, so I think I can get through it before Spider Man comes out. But uh, I, I guess we'll see about that. But. Is there any combat in the game, or is it just puzzlies? Yeah, so you do, like, boss fights, but the combat is just, like, believe it or not, pretty (laughs) orb-based. Where, like, an orb will appear, and the orb will do something for you. Like, it'll make you float, and then you have to wait until the boss... You have to, like, avoid the boss until the boss, like, falls over, and then you gotta drop the orb onto the boss, and the orb will explode, and you gotta do that three times, right? And if the boss grabs you, it'll throw you out of the orb that you're currently in, and then you have to travel into the orb again, and um <laughs> and try again i know it sounds weird um i'll uh, say this this is another game that i think does the insomniac thing that like the quick loading is just amazing like yeah because you are like it's loading like fully you know fully rendered worlds essentially in like a second um and and, and it's pretty cool uh it's if anything else it's a great graphics uh, not graphics uh, a tech showcase of just like quick loading and ssd stuff so um, um how long the beat cool. says it takes about four and a half hours um and then the leisure playthrough is about six hours and two minutes oh so i might be getting there you're right there my friend you're right there it's pretty good though i like it and now that i see the use of orbs by the way we need an orb counter on this podcast this is probably it's over 100 like at this 80, point yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i do see in fact three orbs right on the the cover art there so yeah so, so far um, i have three orbs i have a blue one i have a, yeah. like, a like a teal kind of colored one i got a purple one and i got an orange one yeah, a ton of orbs that's you know yeah yeah it's good I, cocoon maybe that's what the o's are in the title or <laughs> they're orbs they're all the orbs you get in the game yeah exactly exactly justin uh i see that you've got lies of p on here i know last week you said that you probably were going to just play it a little bit more um but you did text me being like thinking that you might finish it I, have you finished it well I, the joke is that like the game is like pretty long no i haven't finished it okay um okay. i just beat the puppet king Ooh, you beat the Puppet King. Well done. Thank you very much. Can I tell you how much I fucking hate Souls games sometimes? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was one I, that stumped me for a long time, by the way. Oh. That was like a three hour fight for me. But I think it made it. This is it was worse for me. Can I tell you why it was worse? Please do. So I get in there. 
go over the little bridge. There's this like chandelier swinging back and forth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, for, of course, on my first time through, it hits me. Then I have to run back around and like go off. Then I got the timing down, ran back through, opened the boss door. This puppet king comes at me and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do here? So I go in my inventory. I start throwing the bombs at it that I had, threw bombs at it. Then I was doing some like ducking and diving. And I got around it. First go, not even kidding you, Peter. I fucking killed its first yeah, form. Did. Yeah, on my did. first time. So then all of a sudden, this thing happens. It changes and suddenly becomes a little bit more familiar. And then it starts coming at me with a scythe and starting, shaka, shaka, shaka. And I'm like dodging dart and I'm like, I'm getting my heart's going pumping. I'm, I'm like just swinging it. I upgrade. I discharge my thing. I start doing it. I do a couple of those fatal attacks to it. I'm killing it. I'm like, this is awesome. And I literally to the point, man, I'm literally there. Like I have like a sliver of health, not even hyperbole. One more hit with anything I had. If I would have saved one of those bombs, thrown at him I'd have killed it and I'm about to do it I still had two heels left Peter two heels left and then all of a sudden he just comes at me and I died you're done that's rough man dude I'm so sorry about two and hours I later imagine, I was gonna yeah. say I imagine yeah. you were, it took you a second to get back to that point it, it took not only a second to get back to that point it took me a second to beat the first form again so I don't yeah. know if they do this thing of like overconfidence where the first time you play something they like tone it back a little bit so it makes you feel better um, but like that was like I think probably one of the most frustrating moments and I did something similar on my first time playing um, the uh, uh, priest boss the little bug yeah. thing um, except that was before I realized it had a second form so I realized there was really nowhere close to doing it yeah. um so this one i got through the second form and i was so excited and then i died so i could have been i could have been a guy sitting here being like i beat it on my first try instead i you know i'll say what you just said though is is very impressive i've not i don't think i beat a single non-human boss fight on my first attempt in that game like those and bosses I, are fucking tough man yeah i think the human boss fights are kind of better and i think part of the reason um, is that the parry system is not meant for giant ass things with with limbs that are flailing at you? Because it's unclear like what like what is coming in at you, and especially with that that first phase of the um the puppet king, like because he's got like four arms, he'll do like big sweeping attacks where like the first arm you can parry, and then you'll get hit by the second arm. But like you like you get knocked back a little bit by the first arm, even if you perfect parry. So it's like you are guaranteed to take that damage, you know? Yeah. So once once I perfected the timing of the first phase, the second was easier because it's a human boss. So like it's easier yeah. to time. But I started doing something that's probably the most annoying thing ever. Whenever I have to like guard, I will out loud say block. <laughs> Block. I'm sure Block. your wife loves that. Yeah. <laughs> the dog too. They are both in love with it. But um it just it's just helping my timing a little bit because the window is really strange. Um, and at the very least, what I've been doing is I've just been releasing too soon. So remembering to say block, my brain and my finger kind of line up better. And at the very least, now I've been not letting go too quick. I've been holding on quick enough. So it's been helping me a little bit. So pro tip from a guy who almost beat the Puppet King on his first try. Um, something else interesting about that game. Uh, so like, to my understanding, in a game like Sekiro, where you know perfect parrying is also key, um, the window for the frames where you need to block to get a perfect parry is decided by the enemy swing. And so like when the swing comes in, you have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten frames to hit the parry uh, uh, to perfect guard it. Right. In Lies of P, the parry window is decided by you. So if you are tapping the, the guard button, you are only giving yourself the amount of frames that you 
push the button for does that make sense so like yeah, i found yeah. that like when i realized when i when i was told that um it like opened something in me it was like oh i actually have like the window is is it's not huge right obviously it's still fucking tight but like it is bigger than i thought it was because i was just like tapping to try and like get in the window but i wasn't like fully like giving myself the full parry window um but i'm glad that you're liking it man are you uh what, what sort of weapon are you rocking um, I'm a advanced build, so I go between mostly the fire and I think it's advanced, uh, fire and electric one. So obviously, uh, oh, the, the legion arms. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. Oh, what's, what's the one that does like, uh, status effect stuff. So, like the weapons. So you've got the, there's like the, the electric coil thing. And then there's like a, a, a salamander dagger, I think. Uh, lies of P pie upgrade uh, upgrade stuff. So yeah, I use the electric thing and I use the salamander blade or the two that I use. Yeah, okay. Um, but I don't know what the build is when I'm doing the ones that give me status effects stuff. I think it's advance. Gotcha. Um, so I like at the very bottom. That. Yeah, the the one on the yeah. bottom. So because that one's doing that stuff, and I think only the the weapons, the poison, the um, fire, and the electric are the ones that do that. So I have the one with decay for humans, for monsters, fire, and for puppets. I've been using electric, and they're pretty yeah. generous about giving upgrade materials for your stuff. So I never feel like I have a limited supply. I'm sure once you get to the end of it, the last one might have a few of them, but they're pretty good at giving that stuff. And I think the reason I'm digging this game is because a lot of the challenge of the game is the combat, not you fucked up a build. And I think I said this before, but they do so many quality of life things that like just make the game easy to understand what you have to do, easy to play, um, easy to upgrade stuff, easy to do all this in a way that it's not limiting to me. A perfect example, there's this mechanic where there's this tree that you find um, kind of off your uh, major hub area that has these seeds that every eight minutes, one of the seeds opens up. You falls off the tree and you can cap like collect it. So I'm sitting there being like, I'm gonna have to set a timer and randomly check this thing. So I was like nervous that that would be something I have to keep having to micromanage. However, once you go to the one of the um, stargazers to teleport, you literally see just tells you what it's like. Like you have this much time left before your next one does that. They don't make it a game. They don't make it a guessing game because the challenge of that game shouldn't be the ambiguity of that kind of stuff. The challenge of the game should be the combat. So I don't mind knocking my head against a tough combat encounter. I mind doing that when I fuck something up because I wasn't told of a system or I wasn't aware of what made happen. And way too often, that's how I feel like I get in a Souls game, that I've mm -hmm. just made the wrong build and I'm too far in the game to restart it and there's no good way to respec or anything like that. So this one I just feel is really great. And while I think one of our initial talkthroughs, you were talking about the, how the game is linear, and I agree, the, for the most part, the world is kind of linear, but there's still enough alternative routes and enough things to find in those routes that make yeah. it worth to go back and explore stuff. Um, one of the things I found was there was these basically like these treasure maps that you find in these mm. chests throughout the world. Um, and you basically have to go, uh, like they give you a general direction of where the thing is and kind of a picture. You have to go there, find that place, and you have to use a gesture on the ground to find an upgrade item or something like that or a weapon. Um, and they have a ton of that stuff throughout the game. Uh, they have a ton of just like, interesting choices um i don't know if this is a spoiler or not the game is called lies of p motherfuckers you should lie don't tell the truth <laughs> i don't i don't know if that At every is, opportunity lie 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's like one of the things because I started playing the game as like being a, I don't think I should lie. I'm going to be a good boy. But then like one of the first cho- choices you make, you're literally forced to lie. And like, then like other stuff started happening. I'm like, all the good choices are behind <laughs> the, the the lie. So I don't know. And then like the more you start talking to characters about it, they start to give you that 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 story about why you're doing stuff. And this game does a really good job of telling you the story of the world. You go back to one of the, the characters in your hub, they will explain everything about the new areas that you're in. They'll tell you the context of it. They'll make sure that these the stories and the lore that used to be on item descriptions is out in front of you. And I really appreciate that as a stupid uh, little brain gamer. Um, I don't want to play the game with a guide. I want to play the game and just enjoy it. Yeah. So um, and, and the story uh, really heats up after the point that you are at. Um, it, it gets pretty good. Like in the beginning, I don't think it's great, but like it, it really because because in the beginning, I feel like it's just a lot of like, go here. I'll explain more later. And then they're like, OK, now did you do this? Go here. I'll explain more later. But like it really starts to take a uh, front seat uh, after where you you are. Um and uh, there's something else I was going to say about it. I, I'm, I really like it. Um, I'm going to have a random question. I'm just going to make an assumption here. Um, you're fighting the, this puppet king boss, and there's a little cutscene in front of it with characters that look very familiar. Um, I'm assuming a lot of what you know, uh, there's a, a lot of people that you think you, you know are not so good. <laughs> yeah, there are certain people who maybe um, are of shifty background. <laughs> You know, and I don't even think it's that like, like, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yes, it is pretty obvious. So but. that's that's been doing it. Um, I went back to uh, the place and there's a cool moment. I'm sure you probably did this, um, but I went to talk to a character and my whole body changed. Your whole body changed. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, long, yes. Yes. Like uh, longer hair. I was like, oh, yes. that's pretty cool. So there's there's just a lot of cool stuff. Oh, I get the change form button now. Anyway, um, yeah. so there's just a lot of cool little like things in the game. And I really think it's ambiguous enough, but it's still straightforward enough that's keeping me engaged. It's a good game. But what I also like, too, is is like, you know, it is ambiguous with with certain things. Uh, I'm speaking specifically about its story. Um, but I think like thematically, it does a lot of stuff. So that change, um, I have a lot of interpretations about what that change means. You know, about like, I, I mean, it's been out a while. This is like not an end game. This is like a halfway through sort of thing. You, your hair grows, but you're a puppet. So why would that grow? You know what I mean? And to my understanding, it does not grow if you don't tell any lies. But something else that I think the game kind of does, uh, and this was brought up in a, uh, a video by, I think, Iron Pineapple. Um, he's, a, he's a great Souls YouTuber um, where he talked about like, the game does actually say some things about lying and about how, like, you know, telling the truth isn't always the right thing to do. You know, there, there are certain cases where it is more human and more empathetic to lie to someone, to tell them, you know, hey, you know, it's all going to be okay, right? Or, like, um, there's, like, a side quest where I went and I found a baby doll and I gave it to someone and they asked if it was a real baby or not. And I was like, well, this person wants it to be a real baby. They're going to be devastated if they find out it's not a real baby. So I'm just going to tell them it's a real baby. You know what I mean? And I think that's a very compassionate thing to do, you know? And so like, I, I really do appreciate though, that that stuff is like not, it's not hitting you over the head about like that sort of stuff. I am asking those questions as the game is sort of like presenting, here's the situation. And like, how does that make you feel? You know, do you, does that feel like the right thing that a human would do that a caring empathetic person would do? But 
There was um, this really, really great moment, and I think we should talk, like, maybe have a spoiler if I ever beat it before Spider-Man comes out, which I won't, because um, I'm, like, probably, like, what, halfway, third of the, two-thirds of the way through the game? Let me halfway. look at the chapters, um, what chapter you're on. I think I'm in chapter seven right now is where there's, I'm at. There's 11 chapters. So oh, you're, okay, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm heading towards the end. But there's a character who kind of, like, walks away that you talk through the whole game and the character's basically like, I have to leave. I can't stay here. I can't watch what's happening happen in every anymore. And then he asks you a question and it's like one of those questions that you want to tell him the truth, but you know, if you tell him the truth, he's going to leave and you want to make sure you don't tell him that truth. So he stays because it's kind of important. And then when you lie to him, he knows you're lying and he goes basically, ah, yes, Guess I just wanted to hear that sweet little lie. Well, thank you anyway. And then he like goes back to what he was doing. And, and it's such like this little moment where it's very confusing for me for a lot of reasons because this character you're talking to is also like contextually doesn't make sense why he'd be asking you this to me. But like, do you know what I'm talking about the moment? No. Who, what character are you talking about? The butler at the hotel. The butler. The guy at the front desk? Yeah. Okay. Did you get to that part? Are you talking about where he asks about like love? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, yes. is it I did get, is it, is it possible for a puppet to love a person? Yeah. And I lied to him. I didn't say yes because I didn't want to have him leave at that Interesting. point. Did you, you said, let so him you go? said no. Yeah. And then and he responds, I, you said yes and gave him the ring. Yep. Um, but I, I didn't want to lie because to him it was like, like I, I would have felt like him abandoning her. I didn't think that was the good result. And I know he was asking me to do that, but like at the same time, it was like, like I, he didn't, I'll say this in my, when I gave him the ring, he didn't leave. He stuck around. Oh, okay. 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 So but maybe there, the ring, but there is some stuff like, I, I'm curious how that storyline will end for you because there is an interesting ending to what happens. Okay. Okay. And I don't cool, know if it's cool. because of what I did or not. Okay, yeah, but it was just the way he said it too. It was just so like, ah, that's probably what I wanted to hear. Little sweet yeah. lie, thank you. And then he just goes back, and it was like one of those moments. I was like, I didn't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but also he was like acting like a human by asking that. But isn't that interesting? Like this game, like to be honest, has done a lot. Like hit me with a lot of like similar like near questions about like yeah what does it mean to be a person you know what i mean and if, if you're a machine but you feel these feelings that a per person would feel does that make you a human you know what i mean um yeah. I, I don't it doesn't go as deep in my opinion as like near does because near is like all about that um but like i, I really like it and i think it's, it's really actually kind of cool um, and, and the game is fucking good too and the the moment with the picture too did you talk to geppetto about who made that picture yes dorian gray yeah like, that's cool, too. Like, they're making those kind of references, which tells you that this game, the sequel to this game, could be fucking awesome. You have no idea. Okay. I, you have no idea, Justin. Oh, no. <laughs> if uh, Anyone who's beaten Liza P right now is like, Justin, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, Can't I, wait. I have, I have so many things to say. Uh, also, so you're on Chapter 7. Uh, chapter 8... Uh, sucks a little bit it doesn't suck it's good it's all good but like it's okay chapter nine is very very good chapter 10 is really quick and then chapter 11 is the final one it's great okay um, cool. chapter 11 is like really really good too um so so yeah you're you are you are getting to the end if, if you are interested um 
it's, it's really good, man. Uh, uh, I also, I, I like what you said here. You texted this to me because uh, we were talking about it a little bit. And you said, I mean, a Souls-like game that actually cares about making things challenging, but because of a gameplay, not, but, but because of gameplay, not ambiguity. And you mentioned that, right? But like, I do really, I do really appreciate that about the game. It's not hard. I mean, it is fucking hard, but it's really challenging. And every single time that I die, I always sort of walk away being like, okay, I know what I can do next time. You know, I talked, I think, a few weeks ago about how on the, the second phase of the, the Puppet King boss, like I got killed in one second and I did have that moment of like, what was I supposed to do about that? But yeah, <laughs> I did try it again and I was like, oh, this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, uh, have you been using any of the, the boss weapons? No, because that's not in my build. Like I don't ha- I didn't spec for them. I, I never use boss weapons I would I would just give them a shot. I think they're really good. I I I, I ended up using a boss weapon for the the second half of my playthrough, um, and I really like the boss weapon that you get from uh, the 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 boss you just killed. I I'll play around with it more. Um, I still haven't been able to respec, and I need to because I have I still like was specking wrong at the very beginning of the game, so I wasn't doing towards my weapon. So hopefully I can do that soon. I would assume. Um, you get that. You should have that. Um, where is that? It's, it's in chapter six or chapter seven here. Um, it might be in, it it might be in seven. I just am in the arcade right now. Oh oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. You're in chapter seven. It's at the end of chapter seven. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm right there. Can't wait for my little alchemist friends to help me. Yeah, I bet that's going to go just fine. Um, (laughs) Justin, you want to talk about the news? (laughs) Let's do it. All right, the big one, the big one. This has been brewing for like two years. Um, Activision Blizzard King is is finally a part of the Xbox family. Um, on October 13th, last uh, Friday, we got official news that the entire uh, deal was permitted to go through by the, um, I think it was the CMA was the final, final holdout on that. Um, if you're interested, I made a whole video summarizing the entire, um, history of, of the acquisition starting in June of 2021 and then coming all the way up to now. Um, it's an abridged version. Obviously it doesn't touch on literally everything, but it is, if you're interested in just like remembering, like, how did we get here uh, and why did it take so long? Um, it is, uh, I don't know. I worked pretty hard on it. I think it's worth a watch, but, um, Activision Blizzard. Now part of the Xbox family. So we can expect um, Call of Duty. We can expect Candy Crush. We can expect StarCraft, Overwatch, and Diablo, World of Warcraft, all that to be uh, under the Xbox banner now. Um, I want to read you a quick thing about what Phil Spencer said on the official Xbox podcast. Um, He said that he confirmed that no um, Activision Blizzard King games are going to be on Game Pass until 2024. Um, So, you know, who knows when in 2024 that'll be, but we did we did hear rumors of that, um, I think, last week. Um, the goal is for 100% parity for Call of Duty, so no exclusive skins or DLC or anything like that on Xbox alone. Um, I will be curious, though, what that means for any sort of uh, exclusive stuff that has been on PlayStation, um, because I know that they have done a lot of that um, over the past few years. Um, he also said, we have no goals of somehow trying to use Call of Duty to get you to buy an Xbox console. Um, so I assume that means, you know, they, they've signed in saying that we're, they're not doing um, Xbox exclusive Call of Duty games. They've said that, right? Um, that to me just means that 
that's still sort of what they're going for. And in addition to the whole like parody across everything, like there's not going to be like the good version is the Xbox version. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, he said he wants to make sure any old EP they revisit has a passionate team that wants to make a difference, not just for financial gain. That's something we're going to be talking about during our bonus episode today. Um, that summary, by the way, is brought to you by Okami Games. Good follow on Twitter. Um, but uh, Justin, what do you think of this? Uh, first part is that, yay, it happened. It's done. Stop talking about it. It's there. Like they have it like this. Like, I I mean, it's been like so long of a process and like throughout the whole thing, like, uh, it's interesting that all the legal battles went on as long as they did. Um, I guess I, I don't understand how much $69 billion changes people. (laughs) Um, and I, $69 billion is not just a PlayStation Sony thing. This is like a, a more of a global thing too, as we saw as, you know, um, the UK and uh, even the, the FTC, uh, FTC like went after it. Um, so like, I think that's why there was so much of this story about it. Cause it's a big tech company sucking up another big tech company. It's not a video yeah. game company sucking a video game company. It's big tech on big tech. And both of them happen to be involved in video games. So that's why we were aware of it. Wasn't this the biggest company acquisition ever? I'm not sure if that's true, but it probably could have been. Probably one of the bigger tech ones for sure. Um, but, uh, I mean, in the video game sphere alone, you have one of the top players acquiring another top player, which is huge at the very least. Yeah. Um, um, this is, okay, number three of the 2020s. Um, under one that was $81 billion, uh, which is under another that was uh, $86 billion. Which is, again, money we were talking about. That's huge money. Um, now, listen, 100% parody for COD, no exclusive skins or DLC. That's great. Peter, how did um, Sony gain the market share in Call of Duty? Um, I guess I don't know. You tell me. DLC on it first. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. That's what you mean. <laughs> um, how how did um, Starfield make more money from people who already had Game Pass? Pre-sales. Oh, the, the pre-sale stuff, yeah. So, I'm sorry. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can say all the stuff that you want. Microsoft is going to do what's going to make the most sense for getting them money. And even if this wasn't an issue with Microsoft versus PlayStation, them releasing this even a weekend earlier on Microsoft on on the Xbox is going to cause people to want to play it on Xbox first. It might be a slow trip. It might be an eventual trip, but like they're not going to like cut off other consoles because that's cutting off easy money. But like they're going to do stuff that's going to be in the best interests of their wallets overall in the long run. So there are ways for Microsoft to do this. There are ways for Microsoft to get money. Anyone who thinks this isn't a big deal um, for xbox is i is wrong it is a big deal i think people are upset about it because fanboys be fanboys but like i think like microsoft has to look at this and be like this is going to be an amazing money maker for us i think (laughs) well it's it's it's, you're totally right they're looking at this like how do we make 70 billion dollars off this 68 billion dollar purchase yep and already, um, like, just by extending their studios and stuff like that, the amount of reach they're going to have is going to be so much larger. Like, this is an acquisition. Yes, they're paying for it. But a lot of this stuff and the profits and all this stuff, like, they're going to be getting money back for this in, in lots of ways. And there's a lot of fat at Activision Blizzard, and I guess King now. Um, there's a lot of fat that they're going to have to trim off. Um, speaking of the fat that they're going to be trimming off, 
Um, yeah. Um, Bobby Kotick uh, is going to be departing the company at the end of 2023. He said that he was asked by Xbox and Phil Spencer um, to continue being CEO now that it is owned by um, Microsoft and, and Xbox um, until the end of 2023. And then after that, he will be parting ways with the company. He will be making... $400 million off of this sale, which is um, fucking outrageous <laughs> for, for um, who he is. Um, but so so uh, he's being just kept around to to lead the transition smoothly, uh, which makes sense. I saw a lot of people be mad at this and I was like, this is how corporate changes happen. <laughs> like the, this, like this, this reminds me of when I used to work at the movie theater for like, you know, five years yeah. and, and I never got a raise other than when minimum wage went up. And after my fifth, like right before, like a couple months before I quit, my new manager calls me and said, you've been working here, hardworking employee for almost five years. So you know what? We're going to give you a five cent raise. How's that sound? And Amazing. I was like, fucking thanks. You know, I've been waiting for this five cent raise. Yep. This seems like, you know what? Uh, Phil Spencer talked to me. He said I can stay on uh, till the end of the year. It is the middle of October. So that is less than 100 days yeah, away. So it's like, yeah, we're not going to fire you immediately. But like the, the get the fuck out. It's like pack your stuff and leave, man, and take your money yeah. with you. Um, so yes, uh, it finally it's happening. Um, I think automatically, um, I would hope getting some good new leadership into these uh, organizations can get rid of some of the toxicity, get rid of some of the, um, issues and hopefully lead to a better working environment for these employees. Because uh, with this being the third largest acquisition of another company ever, um, there are a lot of employees involved here. So the hope is that Xbox will help. Um, and yes. make things better. So that's my hope for these workers. My hope is that video games are still awesome and great. And the more competition you have, the better it is for gaming. I don't care who's on top. Um, I just want to have some good games, man. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm hoping that that is um, what the results of this are. I mean, this is just a recent recency bias stuff. Game Pass had a fucking great we, uh, month in September. It's having a great month in October. Um I don't know if you saw this Dead Space remake is coming to Game Pass on October 26th. Might not be a bad, might be not be a bad thing to check out. I know you got the PS5 copy kicking around somewhere, but like, uh, I'm just saying you could download it really easy. Um, uh, my, my goal is I got to play Resident Evil 4 remake and I got to play Dead Space. Um, I'm going to stop with the hope that I'm going to play the old ones as a comparison yeah, measure. Yeah. <laughs> I, that'll never happen. Um, but I will play those, maybe not to completion um, for both of them, but at least uh, Dead Space. I know you're going to talk about that highly for Game of the Year, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And that's the real question, Peter. I got to know, like, in your brain, do you think Dead Space remake is in your top five? That's the thing. I don't know. I know, and uh, like that—that's not a—that's not a knock on the game, and I know it's one of your like favorite games, but like this has been a banger of a year. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking like, well, what's my number one? I was like, right now it's Zelda, and I was like, yo, Alan Wake is right around the corner. I'm like, Ugh. and then I just I, played Chance of Senar, some game that I was like, <laughs> did not even know about until the second I started playing it. And I was like, oh fuck, this is so good. Uh, I'm here playing Cocoon. I'm like, this is so good. I'm, I'm glad it's not a debate at what their game of year is because I think I'd pull my hair out if it was Alan Wake versus Tears of the Kingdom for a game of the year debate. <laughs> Wait, I just said that though. I know I'd pu- I'm going to pull my hair out if that's oh, what I happens. See but I mean, like, I can I'll be able to recognize that like Alan Wake is for me. Alan Wake oh, yeah, is not for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and like like anyway, 
Um, gosh, that game is 10 days away as well. Gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah, um, Liza, Liza P is not getting completed. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but, and then there's that too, though. Like, that's the thing is like, I loved that game. It came out of nowhere for me. And it went from, I went from being like, yeah, it's pretty good. to like, I've been thinking about it a lot and like talking with you. Like, I was so excited to hear, you know, where you're at with it because like, it's just really, really good. Um, but on top of that, on top of Bobby Kotick leaving and, and this whole thing, um, good old Pete Hines announced that he is leaving Bethesda Softworks and is retiring. He's been there for 24 years. Um, it seems like there is no bad blood uh, uh, between him and the company. He uh, s- released a statement on Twitter. Um, it's just like a you know white page with, with black text on it. I thought something went down um, because of the, just the way that it... it looked um but it just seems like he's he's ready to retire which makes sense hey 24 years like you've been around for all of bethesda's uh great hits you know what i mean nothing nothing to sneeze at there um so it seems like he's moving on um uh uh jim ryan's moving on bobby Kotick's moving on seems seems like it's it's time for a lot of people who've been in the industry for a long time um, I'll be curious about Pete Hines though. Um, he's always, he seems like a nice guy, but, but in terms of Bethesda, uh, I've not always loved the PR they've done. Um, they've done, I mean, they are a big game company and lots of big game companies do a lot of lying, but I feel like Bethesda has done a, uh, significant amount of lying over the past few years. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just that I'm paying attention to it a little bit more, um, nowadays, but, uh, he has sort of been at the center of that sort of stuff. I just like think about like, he talked so highly of Redfall before that game came out. And he talked so highly of like fallout 76 before that game came out, you know? Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I know that's his job. He's a PR guy. You know what I mean? But, um, I'll be curious to see who takes his place. Um, and, and how Bethesda PR changes, uh, from then on out. But what do you think about that? Uh- I do have to say, you said uh, lying is a bad thing, not according to Liza P. <laughs> Remember it's that, true. everyone? It could be, be superhuman. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally feel like, in my opinion of Bethesda, a lot of what's been released has been not the most exciting. I think if I'm going to be circling things from their studio, that's great. Deathloop, right? They, they own Deathloop? Oh, yeah. I mean, Deathloop yeah, is, the, is the one to circle. Dishonored 2 is not my cup of tea, but I think that was a critically well-acclaimed game. Other than that, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, grounded, I guess. But has that been like super, super popular? Is um, that them? That is them. They, they published that. Uh, I don't know if it's or no, they didn't. Uh, that's Obsidian, which is not oh, okay. Them. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think like as a whole, I don't think this is going to necessarily hurt Bethesda. Um, it's going to probably you know just experience being lost. It hurt in terms of that. But I got to think from Pete Hines' perspective. Starfield was not an easy process and he helmed that to release and as buggy and as problematic as I think that game is that game is still like what I think people would call a commercial and critical success so if that's what you're going to go out on I'm sure he's looking over at Elder Scrolls and being like fuck I'm not I can't (laughs) no yeah (laughs) I can't do that man like like you this is such a great place for you to leave you know uh, and, and what you want to do two more years? No, no, no. Or however many years until Elder Scrolls is done? Like no, no, no. Like on, on paper four, but it'll probably be like a hundred. <laughs> Ten yeah, years but later. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like you have a, had a fantastic career. Like get out of here. Yeah. Um. You, it's been yeah, fun. You're done. You did a good job. Um. Justin, Epic Games. We talked a lot about their layoffs uh, uh, last week. Um. 
Well, <laughs> there are more. So Epic Games bought a company called Bandcamp, I think last year, maybe the year before. Um, Bandcamp is a um, independent music website where you are able to uh, post, if, if musicians are able to post songs and get paid for them pretty um, handily uh, in, in terms of like compared to other platforms. Uh, musicians can name their prices for albums and stuff like that. Uh, and you can also put like, you can let uh, people buying a song name their price. So obviously, you know, you could download it for free, but if you really want to support the artist, you could say, you know what? I really like you guys. You're fantastic. I'm going to buy your, your single. I'm going to give you $5 for that. And like, that's just a fantastic um, platform. Well, Epic bought that um, around, I think the time they bought um, or after they bought uh, harmonics and now they have laid off 50% of its, uh, uh, workforce and sold it to a company called song trader, which I have literally never heard of. Um, so it's just, it's just such an odd play. Uh, we, we talked about this a lot last week about, you know, Epic games saying like, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, we're spending way too much money. So we have to lay everyone off because apparently we weren't, you know, the Fortnite money machine, which just wasn't working the way we thought it was. Um, so it, it's it's kind of bleak, uh, especially because independent artists, uh, there's just not that many places for them to to musicians, especially to make any money off of music. Your music has to be on Spotify and Apple Music in order for people to listen to it. It just does. Right. To, to have any sort of mainstream success um, or even indie success for the most part. Right. But everyone I know who's an independent artist also has a Bandcamp page, because if you want someone to give you money for your music, if you want someone to truly appreciate your art, appreciate your art and give you money for it, it's not going to happen by, by Spotify streams. You're, they're going to donate to you, right? Air quotes, donate to you by buying your music. You know, there's this tweet here, um, quote tweeting, um, an Ethan Gatch tweet about just giving the news. And it says, this is by, um, at, um, Necrosoftly. Epic bought a profitable business, decided they needed to cut costs, and nearly immediately started gutting that profitable business for selling it off uh, before selling it off to vultures. Bandcap is the only place where small musical artists make any money. What a miserable situation! Um, what do you what do you think about all this? I know it's bleak. I know it's not super fun to talk about, but I think it is important. Um, I think it, part of this has to do with uh, just Epic being unrealistic with its financial goals. I mean, when you, when this is unfortunately the same story about them, um, relying too much on revenue. That's not as easy to rely on. And then just looking at numbers and be like, what's actually making money. What can we cut off? I think it seems like a really dick move to like cut half the staff to, before selling it off to make it easier to, for another company to buy. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure I would like to hope that the, Bandcamp is still able to do well afterwards. I hope this doesn't mean they're going to shut it down. Um, I hope it doesn't mean it's going to reduce the quality of stuff. Um, but it also speaks to anyone who makes money online in different ways and you're relying on these other companies, like whether it's Bandcamp or YouTube or anything like that, you don't have control over your product. So if you ever want to make sure that you're supporting creators, um, like some of the best things that you can do is go to their websites. Um, Rooster Teeth just had this big thing when they pulled a lot of their red versus blue. I think a lot of their content they pulled off of YouTube um, because they weren't making the same money. So a lot of their stuff now you have to go to their actual website in order to do. Still free, still able to get. But they did that because they didn't have control over their um, what 
YouTube did with their with their videos and stuff. Um, and, you know, Patreons are those things like that that you can do if you really want to support people, try to get the money and stuff like that. Um, and it's just an unfortunate reality that I think the more money gets involved, the more these tech companies look at things as numbers rather than people. Um, and that's when it just gets really dangerous um, and scary for people who try to make a living off of this stuff for the entertainment that yeah. we love and we appreciate. So um, I hope artists are still going to be able to get money and make music because the world needs a little bit of music and sunshine right now. And I think the, the toughest part about this for me is like just this is like this was sort of like a, a final bastion of like independent music. You know what I mean? Of, of a place where you can support independent musicians and like unclear what's going to happen to Bandcamp now, just 50% of people being cut. Like that's just such a significant portion. And then, you know, the, f- the the future of the site is even up in the air with whoever's buying it, right? Song trader or whatever that is. Um, so, so it's just, it's, it's such a bummer. And like Bandcamp was doing just fine without being owned by Epic games. And then like, a major company stepping in has done nothing but just like ravage this, this company, um, which is just such a shame. Um, just a quick uh, speaking, and this is an article from variety about the rooster teeth stuff specifically. Yeah. Um, it's an article called rooster teeth pulls animated shows from YouTube or just fan to stream through stream them on rooster teeth site. So it can generate more ad revenue. Um, this article is by a Todd Spangler. Um, basically, um, Rooster Teeth, Warner Brothers, Discovery Fandom, Gaming, Comedy, Entertainment brand has removed some of its most popular animated shows, including Red vs. Blue and Camp Camp from YouTube. In a video posted on Thursday on Instagram, Carrie Shawcross, a Rooster Teeth showrunner and writer who worked on Ruby, Red vs. Blue, and more, said the decision was driven by the high cost of producing animation, and he encouraged viewers to watch the content for free on Rooster Teeth's website going forward. According to Shawcross, ad-supported content viewed on Rooster Teeth website generates five to ten more times revenue per ad compared with YouTube. YouTube's revenues just is not cutting for us right now. It just doesn't make sense to have our whole backlog catalog on YouTube anymore. Um, animation's hard and expensive. Ultimately, it's about making sure that your support is going as far as it can go. Um, so I, I, that is, again, finding ways. And Rooster Teeth is fortunate enough to be big enough to be able to do this and have their own website, have their own um, uh, Rooster Teeth first stuff that they can use. Um, so I'm glad that it's go- working out for them. But not every company is Rooster Teeth, and smaller independent creators don't have that luxury. And that's the thing, like, like you know, they're still they're independent, but they're still huge. But you know, the list of companies that could do that, that of independent creator companies that could do that, so small, right? Like you look at like them or like kind of funny, and like mm, that's kind of it for, that I could name off the top of my head. You know what I mean? That would be fully independent and and be able to sustain themselves in that way off of you know entirely from from their uh, you know. Um, audience, but even then, you look at like Rooster Teeth probably would not have been able to do that. What five years ago? I mean, they've been huge since I was a kid, obviously, but like for a long time. But like, if they made that switch five years ago, who knows? You know, before yeah. before the idea of like directly paying creators was around. So, um, it's looking bleak. But what can we do but move on? So move on, we will. It's Best Buy. Um, <laughs> They are, uh, in 2024, going to stop carrying physical media for movies and TV shows. So no more DVDs and Blu-rays, it seems. Um, they have said that they are still going to be having physical video games, but, like, you look at the future of physical games. Like, I, I know I'm a physical game collector, but I-, I see the writing on the wall that, like, you know, that leaked new Xbox console does not have a disk drive on it. It seems like playstation consoles are are not going to be sold with disc drives after this sort of uh, uh run of them 
the, the new ones. I mean, the PS5 Slim or whatever they're calling it. Um, so, like, you know, we will see what the, what happens with video physical video games. Um, but Best Buy shutting down physical media for their movies and 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 stuff like that doesn't look great. I wonder, like, what are they going to have there? <laughs> I, I go to Best Buy frequently, like, you know, you got phones and like uh, laptops and, and whatever else. But like that physical media stuff takes up a lot of a lot of floor space. And like I'm thinking about the one by you right in in town redacted. And like. Uh, that's like 60 percent of the floor. <laughs> Are they going to move all the fridges over? I would say it is less than it used to be. Like, I, I remember back in the day when it used to be DVDs and CDs were, like, a majority of the mm-hmm. space. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I guess just have more space for nothing, more TV space. I mean, they do. to be fair, they need more oh, space for their TVs. TVs. Yeah. yeah, like, that would be nice to actually, like, have them in a viewable space. And I'm still the kind of person who, if I'm buying a TV, I would like to see what it looks like, even if you are watching, like, the other yeah. stuff. Um, but a quick question here. So you can buy DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4K Ultra HD uh, videos. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to hear what you think the prices of the Barbie movie are for those different categories. Oh, uh, I'm going to say DVD is $20, Blu-ray is like 40 and then the top one is like 60 Oh, God, thank God. No, you, I mean, you were mostly right with the DVD. Blu-ray is $26.99 and okay. the 4K Ultra is $30. Okay, that's not bad. I mean, do you remember when DVDs would be like 12 bucks? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're to a point, um, I recently bought the Barbie movie. Um, I, I was with my high school kids, and we were like watching something. We needed to watch something between, this was for like not, play, not during like curriculum stuff. And we needed to, we were going to watch something between our shows, between dinner, just like a fun thing. So they all vote on the Barbie movie. So I'm like, this can't be expensive, right? Go on Amazon, and it's $30. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, it's rough because because it's right because it's it's new. You know what I mean? It's like just came to streaming. You yeah, know? yeah. So um, I can buy the movie. Um, uh, uh, let's see here, a Barbie two movie collection on DVD for five dollars at Walmart. I can buy Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures the DVD for fourteen ninety nine, um, and I can buy Barbie the eight movie collection DVD for thirteen ninety nine on now Amazon. Now that's a steal. Now so. the eight movie collections a steal. Yeah, I know what I'll be um, doing tonight, tomorrow, and the next eight nights. <laughs> Justin, you see this thing about AI um, with with cyberpunk? Yeah, um, this is scary. Uh, ironic that it's about cyberpunk, but also a very scary future that we could be living in very soon. Yeah, so um, let me let me read you the highlights here from um, the Game Rant article. Cyberpunk 2077 uses AI to recreate deceased actor's voice with permission uh, by Dominic uh, Bos- uh, Bosniak. The highlights read, uh, CD Projekt Red used AI to recreate the voice of late actor uh, Milagost Rezchek in Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty DLC. The studio hired another voice actor to perform new lines for uh, Victor Vector and then process them with an AI-powered voice synthesizer to sound like Rezchek. Uh, the implementation of AI in voice acting has received mixed reactions, but the Cyberpunk 2077 fandom has not had issues with Victor's AI-assisted voice. Um, so, it's it. They had permission to do this, you know. I, I think I would have a, a pretty big issue um, if if CD Projekt Red did this without permission of of um, this actor's estate, you know, or or the the 
anything like that. Um, but it is it is kind of kind of spooky, right? That you know we've we've been seeing this for a while with like digital recreations of actors and stuff like that. Um, and, and there have been some pretty pretty. I guess impressive is the word to use like deep fakes for voices and stuff like that as of late. But, um, what is, what does this make you feel, man? It's the future that we're living in. Unfortunately. Um, it's one of those things that this kind of stuff is going to become more and more prevalent. And eventually I see it to a point where the word AI is going to be taboo enough that they're going to come up with something else clever to call this stuff. Cause what is this, but a program, right? They call it AI because that's the, the sexy term for it. But I mean, it's just really just like a way to like real time program things, which is what a good program should be able to do for you. And I think it's, it's to that point when I don't know what the right answer is with this kind of stuff. And I, I face this up with a, as a teacher all the time. Do you sit there and lie to your kids and tell them that they're not going to, be able to like that they can't use this stuff in the future or do you like try to teach them how to use it so it's easier for them to not try in school you know what i mean yeah. like it's just this interesting dance that we play and really i i am have been a proponent of how interesting and good a guy can help with what we do um but like at a certain point when you are replacing things, and I know there's permission with this case, but it's it's all the more reason why the voice actors and uh, the Writers Guild have like been fighting against AI mm-hmm. and things like that because this could be the future. And yeah, you need to have human voices to create the sounds to begin with, but then you can just abuse these AI things to like do stuff for a lot cheaper. Um, and I don't know, it, it worries me, but also it's here. It's the future. This is stuff is going to happen more and more and more. It's interesting though. I, I like to me. I, I ask, like, would it not be cheaper and significantly easier to just recast this? You right know, now. obviously, like, like obviously, you know, people are are going to notice if the voice is different, right? But I would just say, like, just recast it and just find someone who can do a decent impression of this of this guy. You know, obviously, it is it is sad that he died, and he should. You know, it's it's nice that he'll be remembered um, in in the sections of the game that he voiced. But like, just get someone to to. Just recast this. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, right now it's probably cheaper to do that, but like right, long yeah. term, it's like long making term. sure that we get this like technology stuff like that and like working on making this easier. Like this has only made it easier the next time CD Projekt Red gets in a situation like this for them to use a synthesizer like this to make someone's voice sound like something else or change it. And it opens up a lot of, of interesting but concerning doors. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of interesting change in the next couple of years as we start to adapt to this everyone's favorite word new normal of ai and what the future will look like yeah yeah so there you go um last thing i have here justin is that um you remember how like a few months ago we heard that they were doing a lollipop chainsaw remake yeah um well now it's going to be a remaster oh fuck that (laughs) Which I mean, like, like I don't really like. I don't have any like reverence for Lollipop Chainsaw. Um, it seems like it's maybe a game from its time that maybe should perhaps stay in its time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it some like beloved game? Uh, according it, it to seems Metacritic, like a, it seems like a horny t- 2010s, you know, like action, like slash a uh, uh, hack and slash game um, that maybe won't. Um, <laughs> that that maybe is a little dated in in terms of of its messaging and and all that um 
but uh, they the director um, Yoshimi Yasuda said on Twitter, we have changed Repop's game design from remake to remaster based on your requests. Um, he did not elaborate any further on what this means for the game. What do you mean based on your requests? I simply don't know. <laughs> like, hmm, you, you seem to be upset, so we're just going to like take the game that you love um, and then uh, release it differently. Um, it, interesting to me is, is, is what I want to say. It's just interesting that this is the choice that they're going with to turn something instead of like a new one, they're coming up with a remaster of it. It, it just, I guess, makes me wonder, like, you know, obviously I know fucking Jack diddly squat. Um, <laughs> that really came out of me. <laughs> um, that I, I know nothing about game design and, and not game design, about game development, right? Like, I don't know how that works at all, but like, to my understanding, like, whether you're doing a remaster or a remake, that should be like one of the first things you decide, <laughs> right? Because that means like, yeah. uh, like, like to me, it seems pretty late in in us knowing about this project to hear like, oh no, we're actually doing a remaster. Unless they were doing a remaster the whole time and we just didn't know about it, but yeah, you know what it, I mean? Like, like to me, remaster means new coat of paint. Remake so, means new new game. As we're as we're speaking, I'm watching my first ever footage of Lollipop Chainsaw, and I assumed it was more of like an arena game, but it looks like it's kind of like a linear, like it's like a level corridor, based, yeah, level based game. Which again is even more confusing why they would make this decision late in the process because like like you you think that uh, you know they would have for a level based game. There's a difference between doing those two things. Um, but maybe there's not. If I still am concerned about The Last of Us Part 1 being considered a new game and a new release and a new score on Open Critic, I'm still concerned that that happened, even though it's like technically the same game. Uh, yeah, it, like, <laughs> it, you know, they really rebuilt it from the ground up, but they rebuilt the same house. Can I explain what I'm watching? <laughs> like Can thing. I explain what I'm watching right now? Tell me um, all about it, Justin. There's a swarm of zombies coming at the lollipop chainsaw, and she's on a stripper pole and spinning around with her chainsaw, killing all the zombies. So um, this game is set on this character's 18th birthday. Do you know that? <laughs> And I think that is just so that they can get away with. And that's when I turn off the video. They want. And yeah. I think that was written by James Gunn. Am I making that up? James Gunn wrote this. James oh. Gunn. Lollipop Chainsaw. Um, where is he in the credits? Yep. He was one of the writers of it. Yep. Yeah. He made a video game. Wow. Okay. Yes, so. he did. Um so there you go. Lollipop chains. Uh, um, I just thought that was a fun story of like, Hey, what? Anyway, uh, I think that is going to do it for us here on Hitbox episode number 164. I want to remind you again that you can join our discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can also support us by joining us on Patreon, patreon.com slash hitbox become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer. Uh, every single week, our deluxe podcast producers, Jay Nolan, and Dave Parker, get an additional 30 minute bonus episode. We're talking about um, Activision Blizzard games uh, and the future of that studio under Xbox leadership. Uh, this week, I think it's going to be kind of an interesting conversation. Um, you can catch that there for just $3 a month. If not, follow us on Twitter at hitboxpod or um Make sure to rank this episode in your podcast player of choice. Justin, am I missing anything here at the end? Uh, you're missing how fantastic you did and how I'm ah. proud of you, how strong your voice has gotten through this whole thing. And you know what? We, we did it. I, uh, yeah, yesterday we sort of were texting where I was like, listen, I can do it today. I'm sick. 
but I can do it. And you were like, I would <laughs> rather we did it tomorrow. And I was like, perfect. Cause that's what I wanted. And we kind of went back and forth where you were like, is that okay? Or did you want to do it? Today? And I was like, no, no, no. Like I was, I was going to be strong for you to not fuck up your schedule. But, um, here we are at the end of the episode and I'm, I'm like one of those people that like plans things ahead. And then once the plan changed, my mind like turns there you and then if we have to revert to it. Yes. I'm yes. like, I can't, I don't know if I can do that. I'm kind of stuck in this position here. Got a lot go all the way around and then I'm good. No, I, I totally get it. But, um, all right, then we will catch you next week. Always remember old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>